0: the screen all right another episode of the square Encompass compass podcast back in new york uh, i've had the pleasure of uh oh, inter- interestingly enough back in new york for another um medical I-, I guess themed episode i previously had the chance to speak with doctor and right worship brother oscar allen of the grand lodge of new york which was a terrific interview, and he's a really cool dude, really smart guy. Um, Smarter than me, that's for sure. And now I'm back at it again because I am at the Masonic Medical Research Institute out of New York State, and under the auspices of the, or um, founded by the Grand Lodge of New York. So let's, uh, let's get started. We have three guests, all connected to the Research Institute, but also all of whom are active Masons. So let's start with introductions, uh, both your connection to the Institute and also your Masonic career.
1: Right, Worshipful Robert Hewson, I'm the President of the Board of Directors, just elected last month. Um, I'm a past master of my lodge in uh, Western New York, Buffalo specifically. Uh, and. My training is, uh, I'm a surgeon, so I have some medical background, and um, I think that's all I need to really say. Next, Jim.
2: Uh, My name is Jim Swan. Uh, I'm a past master of Memorial Lodge in uh, Onondaga District in New York State. I'm also a Scottish writer. I'm secretary of my valley in Syracuse. I'm secretary of the Council of Deliberation for New York, and I'm just finishing a term as illustrious master of my cryptic council. Uh, I've been a master mason for 59 years, Uh, been involved with the laboratory since 2016, and I'm currently the secretary of the board. Um, my
3: name is Brother Anthony Cucci. I am the Fraternal Relations and Development Associate at Masonic Medical Research Institute. I am the current Senior Warden of Oriental Faxton Lodge number 224 in Utica, New York. I'm also a member of Zyra Shrine and a proud Senior D. Malay, as well as uh, Jim and
0: Bob are both Senior D. Malays as well. So let's start with the, the basics. Why is and I'll leave a link in the description for anybody to follow up. But what is the Masonic Medical Research Institute?
3: So the Masonic Medical Research Institute is a nonprofit biomedical research entity uh, that is located in Utica, New York, on the Masonic Care Community campus. We. Uh, We're first, uh, actually our doors opened in 1958, uh, so we've been in operation for a little over 60 years, but our founding actually predates that. uh, Back in the 1940s, when rheumatic disease was quite prevalent in the area, Um, the, at the time, Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of New York, the most worshipful Gage Brown, took it upon himself to start a foundation to raise money to fund medical research in rheumatic diseases. Uh, Thankfully, about 10 years after that was started, rheumatic diseases were quelled, and the Grand Lodge of New York kind of said, well, we've done such a great job raising money for rheumatic disease. Let's take it the next step and conduct the research ourselves." That's when the most worshipful Raymond C. Ellis, who was the president of the foundation, became the president of the board of directors to which would become the Masonic Medical Research Laboratory. And they decided that as cardiovascular disease is the number one uh, killer of humans and actually claims more life than all forms of cancer combined, that that would be the best way to be able to impact humanity. And just like as free and accepted Masons, we know that it is more than just ourselves and our local community. It's really how we can make positive impacts on all of humanity. MMRI takes the same approach when it comes to our research. So for over 60 years, we have been very proudly founded, operated, and majorly funded by Masons, not only in New York, but across the world.
0: The It's, it's always interesting and uh I think it it shows the the character or the intentions of an organization, right? When when it it has to uh, pivot and the way that it pivots or or it continues on, right? You, mean you talk about starting with rheumatic diseases and then going on to focus on cardiovascular. You know, it reminds me a bit of here in Canada. Um, we have something called the the War Amps CHAMP program. So uh, I'm in a wheelchair, I'm missing my, my legs. Um, and so I was born an amputee and, and I was involved with the CHAMP program, but that originally started for war veterans coming back from the war, missing limbs as a support group for them. And then in the 70s and uh, 1970s, 1980s, they realized they had developed such a wealth of knowledge around amputations, and artificial limbs and, and services that they pivoted and started focusing on and helping child amputees, such as myself. This is a long way around, but just saying, I really think that goes to show the character of the Masons in New York that, you know, you didn't just say, or they didn't just say, well, you know, we've solved this problem or we dealt with this problem. So, you know, hands clean. They actually took the information and expertise and knowledge they developed and applied it to in this case, as you said, the number one leading killer, cardiovascular uh, disease. I think that's just a terrific example of the, the character of the Masons to recognize a problem and keep it going and, and try to find a solution. So what does that research look like in terms of finding solutions or remedies for cardiovascular uh, disease so he-
1: yeah. yeah, well, currently, um, the focus of the Masonic Medical Research Institute has developed into uh, a mu- multifocal environment. We're not just concentrating on cardiac research anymore, although we do uh, a good deal of it. Our cardiac research is mostly on um, vent- uh, atrial fib, uh, congestive heart failure, um uh, the effects of uh, cardiac disease, or the effects on cardiac disease, cor- by COVID and by pulmonary disease, diabetes. So our, our focus has has become much more diverse. We're now focusing on um, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, um, lupus, um, autism. Um, I'm probably forgetting something. But we've, we've really reached out in a number of different areas, all based on the fact that there's cardiac involvement in all of them, but our new focus is to move into a greater um, line of research um, to improve a lot of different uh, disease processes and improve life for everyone.
0: And, you know, again, the, The last word you use there, everyone, is something that I think we as Masons do, but we we often don't discuss it. uh, Freemasonry, even though it is a a esoteric group or an think pick your terms, a fraternity, it really does. I think a Masonic lodge, a Masonic temple, it does improve. It does make everyone's life better. You know, a, a town or a city will be better because a Masonic Lodge is there, whether it be for the charitable works it does, or the community outreach it does. Uh, you know, Freemasonry does benefit the community. It does benefit the state, the country. It, it's just a benefit to everyone. And I think the research you guys are doing and the work you guys do demonstrates that. So the staffing of, Research Institute, like well, just in terms of the logistics. I mean, looking at your website again, link is in the description. It, it, I can only imagine the logistics that goes into running uh, a world-class research institute. So, what can you just tell me about the logistics, whether it be the staff, uh, how you guys maintain? Um, maintain the space. I'm assuming there's no end of rules and requirements regarding sanitation and research techniques. And then how did the last 15 months particularly affect those things with uh, with COVID?
3: The MMRI, we are a, a basic biomedical research institute, so we don't have clinicians on staff. There's a little tiny bit of clinical work, but not. we're not clinicians. Um, Logistically, uh, as Wright-Worceful Houston said, we have a myriad of areas of research that we work in. So we have a director of research and executive director who's Dr. Maria Contaridis. She oversees all aspects of MMRI. And then on the scientific side, her uh, scientific operations manager is Dr. Jason McCarthy, the two of them, as well as a couple other faculty members uh, referred to as principal investigators, have their own labs. So it is one physical building, but on the second floor and on the in the basement, there is a plethora of lab space that each uh, researcher has for their team to conduct their area of research. So, for example, uh, we have... Uh, Dr. Gulhan Erkinczyk, who heads up our autism research. She has a lab space for her uh, research area and her research assistants to conduct their lab um, experiments. And then next to her, we have another lab bay. Primarily, we are heavy in the science when it comes to the breakout of the employees. There's about 52, almost 53 employees at MMRI currently. And 30, a little over 30 of them are scientists and the rest are administrative uh, staff, whether that be in development or finance or, or what have you. Um, we work uh, with other uh, clinicians and other areas other I should say, other research labs and have collaborations around the world. Um, so we're we're quite diverse in, in how the research is set up.
0: When you are collaborating, or even just any 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 connections you have to the public, or, or even to your staff, um, you know, to what extent are they aware of the masonic connections and masonic history of mmri? You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, being in Windsor, Ontario, we have Detroit right across the river. Many Windsorites uh, and even people in Detroit have been to the Detroit Masonic Temple countless times for concerts, for events. But speaking to them, they, they almost never put you know, put it together that it was a Masonic temple. They, they viewed you know we're going to the Masonic as just a name. They didn't connect it to the fraternity itself. Uh, to what extent, uh, when you're collaborating with the public, is, are people aware of the its history and, and connections as being a Masonic institute?
1: I think that the uh, community, and because we're in a small town of Utica, the community is, is very knowledgeable of the fact that we're a Masonic organization. We are on the Masonic care campus, so there's a nursing home. Um, a um, senior living center all on the campus, um, multiple Masonic uh, buildings as well. Uh, So the community knows that when you are on that campus, it is sponsored by, maintained by, and is a Masonic area. Um, Our scientists, when they're onboarded, um, pretty much know what, what Masons are, what we do, they know our, our uh, core principles. We try to onboard them with the knowledge of where their funds are coming from, the generosity of everyday Masons who support us. Uh, so we make it pretty clear to them that, uh, you know, the Masons are what's uh, provided them with their employment. Um, and, and just to go back one question, uh, in terms of um, the, the community, we. We have scientists now who are from all over the world, Scotland, uh, Brazil, uh, India, um, the Far East. So um, when they come to Utica, um, you know, it's, it's a real change for them. But, you know, I think the bottom line is that they're, they're really um, immersed in the Masonic community.
3: Yeah, um, I, I would say that even in our logo, we have square encompasses. We've always had square encompasses in our logo uh, on our websites, and in when I present to lodges and to other non-masonic organizations, I always talk about our masonic foundings and how the principles of Freemasonry really affect how we conduct science here. Um, as I said. Freemasonry really looks at how to make a positive impact on all of humanity, and right, and that says the exact same thing right in our mission statement that Masonic Medical Research Institute is dedicated to improving the health and quality of life of all humankind. In um, when is as very worshipful Houston said, when all the staff members are onboarded, they're toured through the building and throughout our building, we have Masonic aprons of past grand masters hanging. We have other Masonic regalia and, and symbolism throughout the building that really brings home who founded this entity and why we founded it.
0: You mentioned uh, making presentations to Masonic bodies and, and uh, uh, different groups in general. Specifically, in terms of presenting to Masonic bodies, um, are you like uh, are you presenting via especially in the last few months via Zoom in person? If a, a Masonic lodge wanted to learn more and perhaps have a representative of MMRI speak to them about what you guys are working on. Um, like what's the, the, the process? Uh, should a Masonic Lodge be interested in learning more about and connecting with MMRI?
2: That, that connection is made actually to Anthony. That is his job. Anthony's primary function is to visit and communicate and bring lodges into the, that they know more about what we do. Uh, He, with scientists, will visit lodges. Uh, They go to Grand Lodge sessions. They go to the Council of Grand Masters, uh, the National Council of Grand Masters meeting, make major presentations there. Uh, Dr. Contaritas, our uh, executive director, has been on several occasions, the keynote speaker for the wives of the Grand Masters, particularly when they meet. And that becomes a, an excellent communication tool because the ladies go back to their husbands and tell them what we're doing. And it's, it's a very good communication tool. But on a local basis, the board members, there are 15 of us, come from lodges from all across the state of New York. And one of our jobs is to be the, a communicator. Um, we visit lodges, we go to lodges in our district, in our neighboring districts, uh, and make presentations on behalf of the laboratory. Uh, recently, I had the opportunity to uh, speak at uh, one of the Grand Line Officers' official visits for Royal Archmasons. And so it was a room, Full of master masons who are Royal Arch masons, York Rite masons, and it spread our information from outside of the of the basic Masonic fraternity to the Royal Arch masons, and that's our job. We are the ambassadors.
3: Yeah, uh, actually, I last month made a presentation to a Royal Arch chapter in Alberta, um, and. We at MMRI actually have a great, very, very strong relationship with the grand chapter of Royal Archmasons here in New York, uh, to the extent that they even have an entire wing of the building, that's the Royal Archmason wing, that has their symbolism and and, in it. Again, we're we're very proud of our Masonic founding, and we want to make sure that we represent that.
1: And if any of the viewers of this um, wanted to contact us and arrange a Zoom meeting, Uh, Any number of us would be more than happy to do that and would reach out and provide a a, a meeting and um, be an informative agent for uh, whatever they would like to know about us. And uh, we would like to open a dialogue.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So. You said that the uh, link would be in the description, uh, but for anybody that is just listening, the website is www.mmri.edu, or you can Google search Masonic Medical Research Institute. Um, And then my name is Anthony Cucci, and feel free to reach out to me directly at any time to set up a presentation or get more information.
0: So, and I, I can throw your email in the description as well. So people can email you directly. Masons or non-Masons, you know, if you want to learn more about about the Research Institute, check out the website, send an email. It's well worth your time. And it is particularly, I think, well worth the time of Masonic Lodge. Don't have to be from New York, as you mentioned, right? You've done presentations in Alberta. Um, You know, when you get your dues card, you're, you're told or you should be told that that gives you the privilege of visiting any lodge anywhere. So anything that a, a Masonic jurisdiction is involved in, you know, it behooves you to educate yourself on it, especially when it's something as valuable as the Masonic Medical Research Institute.
2: One, one other point comment that I would like to make is that our scientists are authors, There is a myriad of Masonic, or not Masonic, but medical research documents that have been published by the scientists here at the Institute. And also the scientists are ambassadors. uh, They accept the challenge and love to go and speak on their research uh, to a group. Uh, If someone has a, a really specific uh, subject that they want to talk about such as lupus or autism or diabetes or um, uh, I, I think I mentioned autism and but our scientists will come out and spend time and uh, do presentation
0: and have a program. Speaking of your scientists or more specifically their the research and um, How does the MMRI go about um, deciding which areas to delve into for for research-wise, you know, from when you were founded to then pivoting to cardiovascular to then all the things that you guys are doing now, you know, uh, autism, diabetes, obviously no matter you know, no matter how well funded an organization is, there's only 24 hours in a day. There's only so much that can be done. So when MMRI is looking and deciding about where to focus its resources and where to focus its research, uh, what type of of criteria are you guys looking at when, when deciding how best to allocate and focus resources, whether it be time, money, manpower, some combination of the above.
1: The fact that one area of research is is so heavily involved in another area of of research, for example, diabetes research um, is important because the heart's vascular supply is so um, dependent on good blood sugar control. So our area of research, they they kind of co-mingle. You'll you'll have one area of research that's going to overlap another area of research, and it's up to our executive director to find the talent that can come in and utilize the current facilities that we've provided for them to work together uh, to, to finally get to some conclusion involving both disease. For example, We have a Dr. Chase Ketchinger who is um, uh, by training, I believe he does um, um, imaging studies on on small animals. He works with a chemist who is creating drugs attached to nanoparticles that can be infused into the body. That is um, currently being used for diabetes research but That can be extended to other types of research as well. So the fact that we have the equipment, the talent uh, to do one area of research already expands out to a multiple uh, number of different areas of research. And if we find that there's a void in that area, then we'll actively find the talent to fill it.
3: So when our executive director, uh, Dr. Maria Contreras, got here in 2018, uh, we were very well known for our cardiovascular research, especially in electrophysiology, uh, which is the study of the movement of electrical currents and ion channels throughout the cardiovascular system. Uh, she knew that we had a base, but knew that we could also expand and knew how strong synergy in science is now. Science isn't conducted in a silo anymore. There is a lot of collaboration. Uh, Our researchers not only work together, but their offices are right across the hall from each other. We constantly are working for synergistic projects. And uh, one of these actually that came to full fruition is there is actually a relation between uh, children uh, diagnosed with autism and them having heart uh defects and other heart ailments at birth. Um, we got a grant from the American Heart Association to study the uh relationship between those affected with autism and congenital heart defects. So Really being able to see the synergy in the science really takes it to the next step. And then MMRI now very much uh, our research is tied to the genetic space as well. Originally, our logo had an Erlenmeyer flask in it, and then when we updated the logo in 2019, we had the DNA helix put in above the square encompasses to kind of show that our uh, research very much is genetics based now as well. Uh, so we really have quite the prethla of areas of research, but also technology to con- to conduct the research as well.
0: So then, uh, I mean, I, I guess you would find or, you know, do you find the the atmosphere of the MMRI? It does sound like a very collaborative atmosphere, a very um, you Know, like it, it's different researchers working with each other and, and connecting their research to, to common goals. So, just being a part of the MMRI family, you know, the video uh, I, oh,
3: I, can still see,
0: I can still see you guys.
3: Yeah, the video went down on, on our end. I
0: apologize. No worries. So, I think you can still hear me. That's the most important thing. Uh, I, I guess just how, how do you find being staff members, board members, president, just in terms of the collaboration and just the collaborative atmosphere uh, of MMRI it sounds like it's a very you know welcoming environment everybody's working together even if they have separate research areas it's all towards you know a common goal of, of making people's lives better so just your your experience being on the board there working there visiting there uh, just the atmosphere of, of MMRI
1: the atmosphere tends to be a family-like structure um, because they all work together and it's a small building. They they not only uh, have a synergistic approach to their research, but they're their colleagues and their friends. They they go out. They you know they have an environment where they have um, lunches together and they have uh, small. Um, um, all staff meetings where they can talk about what's going on, if there's any issues, any problems, um, but generally they have fun. The board, when we meet, we have a very tight board. Our, our board is uh, 15 professional people, all volunteers who give up our time and, and, and in some cases money to, uh, to be there. And, and when we're there, we get involved with the staff we'll have a luncheon we'll sit at the table with the various uh, staff people they'll tell us the research project we ask them what they can what we can do to help them uh, we, pr- uh, we we pride ourselves on being able to give them feedback and, and um, encouragement um, I, I never cease to be amazed at, at the, the sheer knowledge of the staff i sit there and, and as i said i'm a surgeon so I have been pretty well trained, but I listen to these young researchers and it just blows me away. They're they're light years ahead of where I ever was. And it it just makes me feel good to be there, to see the the enthusiasm, the intelligence, the collabor the collaboration, um, the good things that are being done and the and the good things that are about to come. I, I think we're on the cusp of of some real real big developments.
2: I think one of the things that, that uh, has happened over the past several months or years is in two, 2018, uh, the associate grand matron of the Order of the Eastern Star for the state of New York was seeking a project that the Eastern Star members could support as their flagship project for 2019 and they took they came to the lab and it turned out that between this lady and the director they had a direct connection with lupus and lupus became uh the fun the project for the order of the eastern star and they raised a considerably large sum of money enough to actually start the research project that our executive director wanted to add to the work that was going on in the lab. And what has happened is that project lab went from zero funding uh, to startup, and just recently received a four-year grant for almost three quarters of a million dollars to continue the research all through the efforts of the collaboration between multiple concordant bodies within masonry in New York state. And this is where, and this is because we're a family. Everybody embraced what we were trying to do and literally sold $5 pins by the hundreds to their members and to people in the community who were interested in the lupus research project. And this is where we're going. We went from a startup lab to a fully funded, um, four year funded project to, and it's making progress. There is excellent results starting to be shown. And the same thing with autism, an autistic lab was started basically the same way through the efforts of one of the board members. He is very heavily involved with autism. He has autistic children. And this was one of the areas that he, when he came onto the board, he asked immediately, can we do something to start this research work? And as a result, that lab is up and funded and running. And as our president said a few minutes ago, uh, we're seeing major progress and uh, some very enlightening things are coming out about autism and hopefully someday the work we're doing today will make a much better future tomorrow and that's what the whole thing is all about we like to take the masonic fraternity says we make good masons better men or good men better masons and our is is to take their lab and its work
0: and make for a better world and that's what we're looking to do. You uh, mentioned uh, regarding lupus, uh, the I guess it'd be the order of the Eastern Star in conjunction with the lab. We're selling uh, five dollar pins. Are those still floating around? Are people, if people want to support uh, masons or otherwise, want to support the institute? Um, is there pins, programs, uh, donations? How would, how would they go about doing that? Well, the
2: number one thing, contact Anthony Cucci. That's, that's the key. He's the development man. Number two, there are pins still available. Number three, if the project wanted to get off of the ground, I'm sure that another supply of those pins can be made available to people. If they wanted, if they wanted to use that as a project, it's uh, a little small lapel pin. looks like a a, a ribbon, and uh, has masonic emblem on it, as the lab emblem, as Eastern Star emblem, and the lab emblem on it. And uh, they are available. Yeah,
3: there's a a, a myriad of different ways that people would be able to support uh, the Masonic Medical Research Institute. We are a fully registered 501c3 nonprofit charity. We offer unrestricted giving, restricted giving in any of our areas of research. uh, To answer one of your previous questions about how those certain areas are funded, Um, we are fully nonprofit. Uh, We are very uh, excited to be able to receive some, some grants from the National Institute of Health and other government uh, agencies and for, for, for profit companies. Um, but we are still a nonprofit entity. Uh, we accept gifts of stocks, uh, any sort of those sort of exchanges. Um, we have a very large memorial gift program. A lot of Masons and Lodges give gifts in memory or in honor of brothers. Um, we do also have a quite robust estate planning uh, in uh, gifts, um, that sort of estate gifts and planned gifts. Um, so, any sort of level of giving, we'd be happy to have that conversation with you, uh, whether that be a uh, a nominal unrestricted gift, all the way to a planned gift or a charity project. I'd be more than happy to discuss any of that with anybody. Please feel free to contact me directly through the website. Um, my contact information is listed there. Um, write me a note, send me a letter, send me an email, give me a call, and we will definitely get in touch. Um, but the the main thing to focus on when it comes to charitable giving is that the MMRI has been majorly the, the majority of our funding has come f- from within the Masonic fraternity since our founding in 1958. And even before that, the foundation for rheumatic diseases was 100% funded by Masons. Um, we are very, we're very excited to say that. and We're very proud to say that as well.
0: To what extent, or, or I don't know if you would know this or not, um, and just in terms of percentages, uh, to what extent is that funding coming from within the state of New York and New York Masons versus do you have support uh, and funding from Masons in, for example, uh, Ontario, which is not that far from, uh, from New York, or just uh, in general, you know, national or international Masonic support?
3: So we do receive gifts um, as I sure will come with no surprise. The vast majority of the support we receive does come from within the state of New York and the Grand Lodge of New York. We are very uh, lucky to have uh, funding from multiple Grand Lodges within New York or within uh, the United States of America. We receive individual gifts um, from every, from all 50 states. Of the United States, as I said, I do. We do have multiple donors in the different territories of Canada, as well as internationally. We do have a, a couple lodges that support us in Germany and in Italy and other countries. Um, also, during COVID, uh, the Grand Master, Most Worshipful William M. Sardone, here in New York wanted to make sure that Masons across the world were getting accurate information when it came to the coronavirus. So he hosted MMRI and a couple global webinars um, that we put on in conjunction with Grand Lodges in Africa, India, Asia, um, in some other territories to be able to get them and their members accurate information on the coronavirus. We fielded some questions on the vaccines. Uh, we are not, it's its not a, a virus lab and we don't create vaccines here. So it was just to the extent of knowledge that we have. Um, but we work and receive gifts from uh, Masonic entities and non-Masonic entities around the world.
0: Have you found I'm just curious with the, you know, the increasing use of, of Zoom, of the virtual space, um, you know, if there is a silver lining to the, the poop show that was coronavirus, um, at least in the Masonic sphere, it's been, you know, the ability to connect with brothers you know, from all over the, the world, uh, just with the, the touch of a button. So visitation has become in some ways a lot easier. Uh, Are you finding, you know, over the last several months um, that you've been able to use the virtual space, whether it be Zoom or whatever it is to reach out to more lodges? Are you, uh, uh, you mentioned again, Alberta, the chapter there. And I guess, do you foresee even after Freemasonry returns completely to, you know, its lodges and in person, um, there'll still be an, a, a space for an ability for things like virtual tours, virtual meetings, um, and connecting with brothers virtually and and continuing to develop those connections. The YouTube presentations that
3: have been put together you should mention.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think that the, uh, the Zoom format um, will continue only because it gives us the ability to reach out to anybody anywhere that they can get on a computer. Um, obviously, as New York state is beginning to open and other parts of the country and, and world are beginning to open, we'll have more in-person uh, meetings and dialogue. However, you know, not everybody's gonna be able to do that. And so Zoom will still be a, an excellent platform for us to be able to give virt- virtual tours, show people what we're doing, um, print some of our research. Um, I believe on our website now there's uh, the ability to take a virtual tour. So that's not going to go away. Uh, I, I think that unfortunately Zoom is here to stay. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of Zoom, but um, I, and I have lots of issues getting onto it. But um, it is a great way for us to stay connected to other Masons and people who have an interest in what we do.
3: Yeah, we uh, I definitely have already scheduled some Zoom meetings in uh, October and November of this year, Um, just because the brothers said that they'll be able to get some of the uh, older brothers and other ones that still may be a little hesitant to come into virtual or to in-person meetings to be able to get the information. It also helps being able to do presentations that you know, geographically would be tough. Um, if I have a presentation in New York City one day and then I have to be in Cleveland, Ohio the next day, and then I have to go back to Buffalo the day after that, it, it makes it a little easier to not have to physically travel all around, more than happy to travel wherever. Um, but a good example was that uh, Royal Arts Chapter in Alberta, they actually have brothers from Sydney, Australia, and Melbourne. Uh, who were on the call. So unbeknownst to me, there were brothers from all over the world, or I should say companions, because it was Royal Arch, uh, from all over the world that I would not have been able to get on a plane and fly to Sydney, Australia and make a presentation and then go back to Alberta in the same day. Um, So it's definitely here to stay. We prefer to do in-person presentations, Uh, at least myself, I do. I've jumped into chairs at lodges and helped different uh, lodges open and close. I like to physically meet with the brothers and shake their hands, but um, the most important thing is disseminating that information. So whatever vehicle would be needed to get that information out, we're more than happy to use. Uh, We do also have on our uh, YouTube channel, videos that break down our areas of research uh give you a little overview of the modern day mmri talks about our technology our history um, and then we also do have that uh, virtual tour available as well
0: so for you know non-masons or masons but uh especially masons watching this you get in touch with mmri the Content information is in the description to this video. Uh, check out their YouTube, check out their, their webpage and get in touch. Um, because this is, this is such a clear example of you know, a major way in which, in which Freemasons are improving the lives of not just the Masons in their jurisdiction, in their state, but you know this research, it helps everyone, it helps people all over the world. And you know, definitely consider supporting them financially. There's still pins available if you want to support. I'm going to say support lupus if you want to support ending lupus or curing lupus. Um, those pins are available. And you know, I've I've been very lucky. MMRI was terrific in terms of, of coordinating with me. So you know, if you get in touch, they will get back to you, and they will uh, work with you to schedule something. Uh, And just, yeah, on on my behalf, it was very much appreciated how quickly you guys responded and how easy this was to to set up for a, you know, even though you are a world-class research facility, you have a lot of stuff going on, you still take the time, as this demonstrates, to, you know, connect with Masons and keep those connections strong, which is much appreciated.
3: Uh, As the the brothers who are paying attention and listening and watching will understand, uh, we are more than willing to meet on the level. Uh, We want to make sure that our information and our research is at a lay level um, and that we really are here to take the time to be able to communicate it correctly, not just say, oh, here's all the science that we conduct and you know trust us we're the experts we really want our donors and our supporters and everybody across the world to understand that they can come to us as a resource um but that we're also working to help them understand it again on on a level a masonic the level uh then also a lay level
0: as well and with that uh i think that is a, a good place to end it i'll throw in my little thing you know like comment subscribe do all the stuff you do to the youtube videos and follow me on all the places you follow on social media and also uh check out the links in the description check out mmri they are doing some great work and yeah i just thank you so much for taking the time you guys are pretty close to ontario so as the vaccination rates go up um, i've got my first shot i'm getting my second shot soon knock on wood Uh, i can't wait to travel again and you know i hopefully i can get to to swing by um get to swing by uh, and see MMRI and, and, just visit with some, some New York Masonic brethren. It'd be great to do it in person. Not that I don't like, you know, Zoom has been great, but uh, I would love to see, see you guys in person. Uh, you know, in terms of, of New York, uh, I know you guys are, you're reopening. How is the vaccinations going over there? Um, you know, and just as even, well, uh, I'll leave this with uh, the president, uh, Brother Houston, right? You are in the medical field. You mentioned you're a surgeon. So just, what would you say to any, any, anybody, brothers or not brothers who are still, you know, hesitant about uh, a vaccine uh, at this point? Uh, just, you know, I've got mine, I'm fine. You know, I don't know what to tell people, but, there are a few of those ones those floating around. So just with your experience, um, what do you say to, uh, about those hesitancies?
1: Get the vaccine. The only way we're gonna get past this is when we start getting herd immunity. There's no reason not to get the vaccine. The, the safety profile is profound. It's been well documented. There's obviously a few cases of people who've had problems with it, but that's with anything. But my advice to, to people who are on the fence is get it done. Uh, back in the 50s, we had a disease called, the pol- you know, called polio, and the vaccine was created. We were not given any option. I, I remember in grammar school being marched in and got the shot, and polio is, is a non-factor today. COVID, if we don't get ahead of it, will continue to be an issue. Get the vaccine you can't, I, I can't say it any clearer than that. I think if you're, if you're not getting the vaccine, I think you're hurting other people. So
0: just do it. And, you know, a lot of Masonic temples back in the fifties were, were sites for, for the polio vaccine, including the Windsor Masonic temple. Um, in Detroit, like, uh, you know, Freemasons have a, a long and proud tradition of, of, supporting mass vaccinations by providing the, the venues for those vaccinations yeah. I, i'm sure there's still a few temples providing that service now and i hope there are yeah. i think that's a good place to end it get the vaccine i'm going to get my second shot as soon as i can and then i'm going to make my way to the states and hopefully new york can be beyond the trip thank you guys so much for your time
3: thank you worshipful thank you, thank you. have a good day take care